I tell you what, I can truly say it's good to be alive. Amen. It is good to be alive. Uh, if you go to John chapter 17, I'm going to just go. We're going to go because this is the advanced group. I don't have to set you up for much, but we are going to review for just a quick minuet what we started this morning. So John 17, the first three verses. This is what we, this is what we often call Jesus' high priestly prayer. These words Jesus spoke and lifted his eyes to heaven. He lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. You know what I love about that? The hour has come for the redemption of man. The hour has come, Father. It's time to have your inheritance. Because we're God's inheritance. Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you. As you have given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And then I love what Jesus says in verse 3. And this is life eternal. Zoe, life as God has it forever, perpetually. This is, this is the God kind of life forever. That they might know you. That word we said this morning, know, is an intimate word. It's to have knowledge of the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Father, thank you tonight for the word. And I thank you tonight for the anointing of your spirit. I believe, because I've seen you do it so many times, that you can break the bread and it can be the adequate portion for wherever anyone is at. But that'll take a work of your spirit. It's not, it's not super preaching. It's not super anything. It takes a work of your spirit. And I thank you for giving to these dear people a portion tonight that will minister to them. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to go through this real quick this morning. I said we we're dealing with many things in the world and the church. The modern church is facing these types of things. Uh, higher criticism of the scripture. What to do about social justice. Inclusion. A post-Christian era. A post-modern era. The deconstructing of faith. Reinventing the gospel. Scandals. Apostasy. The whole meet the best version of you. Coaching. Business books for church life, reimagining what the church should be like, discovering authenticity, the seeker-friendly model, reimagining the consumer culture of the church, political issues, socioeconomic issues, and many Pentecostal and charismatic churches have moved the work of the Holy Spirit to the back room. We said the pandemic revealed where everyone was at, and, and for some it jolted the church awake. Yet, others, not so much. But yet, something is happening in those that have an ear to hear and who are really, really um, awake. We said this morning that Jesus' prayer here indicates that heaven isn't the goal. 
heaven comes with it. But the goal is to know the Father. The goal is to know the Father. We covered that this morning, and you can look at it online or listen to it. And we said this morning that in order to answer all of these things, all of those things we're talking about, because everybody's got a, there's a, there's a cornucopia, if you will, of, uh, of everybody's opinion over all of this stuff and, and everything, and it's, 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 the church seems to be awash in it all, and, and so, in, some, in some cases, not having any more answer than uh, the world. Does it seem to me something's off with the sound? Or does, Everybody's good out there? You're fine? Yeah. Well, what am I bothering you with this for? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you. It's just me up here. So, in order to have an understanding, this morning I gave you three. Eight reasons why God created humankind. Because if you don't understand why we're here and what the cross has done for us, then really all you can give to this world right now is your own opinion, preferences, and prejudices. And that's not what the world needs. It's not what you need. It's not what I need. The first reason we said this morning that God created humankind was he created it in his image and likeness to fill the earth with a human race in his likeness. And we explained that this morning, Genesis 2 and 7, Genesis 1 and 27. We said that God, with his two hands, with his form, he created man. And he created him in his image, in his likeness. Genesis 1, 27, he created the male and female. So there's, there's real clarity in the scripture. Little boys become men and little girls become women. That's kind of the way that works. Apparently Adam had enormous mental capacity, emotional capacity. He had extended physical life by eating of the tree of life. And his spiritual capacity, listen to this, his spiritual capacity was so keen that he had daily communication with God. Now, I inserted something this morning, I, we believe, I checked the bylaws, we believe in verbal plenary inspiration. We believe in that. James is in here for a reason, the three chapters in Luke, 11 Psalms shouldn't be taken out, and we don't need to reconstruct this thing. Uh, and those who've had a real encounter and who are really surrendered to the Lord aren't even interested in anything like that. Because I've chosen, because I know what happened to me more than 45 years ago, I've just chosen to believe this. I believe in verbal plenary inspiration. I believe that every word is in here because God wants it to be. I understand, I understand interpretation and, and uh, you know, punctuation. I get all that. But verbal plenary inspiration. Jonah was swallowed by a big fish. Uh, Moses had, he's excited. Jonah was swallowed by a big fish. Uh, Moses really did throw the stick down and it became a serpent. He picked it up and that happened. The seas parted. Jesus was born of a virgin woman who had never had sexual relations with a human man. See, I believe that. So we talked about it. Number two, we said this morning, God created humankind in order to demonstrate his nature and love. 
He creates us. He creates Adam. And he, he demonstrates his nature and his love. God saw everything he had made and behold it was very good. God was pleased. Look at where he placed Adam and Eve. We talked about Moses this morning. The Lord is compassionate, slow to anger, grace-filled, merciful, truthful, faithful. He shows him his love. Isn't it amazing that in the cool of the day, this man whose spirit and soul were united, living in a body, every day he had communion with God. It may, the Bible doesn't say this, but it may have been the, the second person of the Godhead, the Lord Jesus Christ. It, he, he had this communion with God. And God shows him his love and his nature. God is still the author of life and he is still showing his love and nature. Number three, we said this morning, God created humankind. This work gets sticky. He created humankind with free moral agency so that they could be tested and purified. He puts man there. Innocence wasn't righteousness. They're there and they have communion. Adam remembers every bird he's ever seen fly by. Mosquito. I don't think they bit till after the fall. I have no proof text for that, but it makes sense. Use your head. But emotional capacity, Adam was not emotionally fragile. He's completely whole. And he has this communion with God. He has this fellowship with God. And God says, yeah, and of the tree of life you can eat and it will sustain your physical body forever. Um, just don't touch that tree. And we know what happened. He touched the tree and in eating it surely he died. And in dying he died. He died. And the spirit came dark, unresponsive to God. How I many of you know we serve an uncreated self-revealing God. Amen? And so what happens is Adam is tested. And the third reason is that we could, that man would be tested and purified. Well, we knew right away that once Adam was goofed up, we get into the whole blood sacrifice and we know, we know enough of that to understand it. But we also know that the purification process for God's created people, the people he made in his image to have fellowship with and to have this relationship with his humankind, this, this humankind, we, knew, we know that it needed redemption. So that's where we left off this morning. There was an echo, I covered that in about, give or take six, three, four, five minutes. So let's go to number four. The fourth reason that God created humankind. With the power to procreate in order to fulfill his eternal fatherhood by fathering his biological son. What do you mean? After God creates man in his image, shows him his love and nature, tests him, uh, and Adam's a total collapse. Once that's happened... We're left with a broken man 
And in the middle of that, God, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny because I don't know how to try to be funny. God says, make more of these. Isn't that funny? He says, procreate. Make more of these. Make more little rebels. Just procreate. And that carries on from, you know, all the way through, even with the fall. Procreate. So he says, you have the power to procreate. Genesis 1 and 28, he said, be fruitful and multiply. It amazes me that God gave man the power to procreate and reproduce more human beings. That is why we should have a healthy instinct to preserve human life. We should have, it's a, health, it's a healthy instinct to preserve human life. Well, I believe this about abortion. Well, I know there's 20, 30 things that are floating around in the world to figure out. But you've got to get yourself centered in a good foundation of knowing who God is. Okay? And it's natural instinct. Why would you procreate something, this little baby, and not be concerned about how it's going to make it? So God says procreate. Uh, and it's an instinct to preserve life. You say, well, I get into the bit. Well, all right, all right. If you're at Pasquale's and somebody's choking on a chicken bone and you know how to do the uh, Heimbach maneuver or whatever it is, you're not going to just sit there and look at them and go, he's choking. I believe if this continues, he may expire. Yep, he's expired. Shouldn't have had the chicken. No, we're, we have an instinct for life because we're made that way. Now, watch this. God sees all these people multiplying. And we got the first three things down this morning. So God says procreate, make more of these because somewhere down the line, I, the Father, will send his son and the Holy Spirit will overshadow a virgin human being and she will have put in her the seed of the second person of the Godhead. Now you know I'm preaching better than you're, you're shouting. So you understand what I just said? God says make a lot of these a lot of these people because at some point I will come and my son will come and the Holy Spirit will overshadow Mary and a seed of the DNA of the Father will be placed in her. Now that's the big picture. So watch. God just couldn't wait to get to us. He just couldn't wait to get this. So he wakes up Abraham. Abraham's sitting in a tent one day in the heat of the day and all of a sudden the Lord speaks to Abraham. Wow. Because remember Israel's problem was they didn't really understand that God wanted to be with them. And they kept running to and fro. And then he shows up to Isaac and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and the prophets and Joshua 
the Lord's voice can be heard and he, 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 he's moving and he's, because you see, he wants us. I think we're going to get a new view of evangelism in this next thing, whatever God does, because God wants us. He's calling now. God, God wants us. And I mean, that's how much he wants us, folks. Uh, now it's all good, you know. Don't get nervous. Gave me a good chance to get some water. Thank you. Everything all right? Your car's ready? It's a, what is it? Good. All right, so... Because remember Luke one thirty one. Behold, you're going to conceive... And you're going to have a child. His name will be Jesus. And then all of a sudden, God's creation. Israel shows us an example of another total collapse. Matter of fact, the whole thing, remember the whole thing, and now it's down to eight people barely getting through the thing in the boat. And they come out of it. And then for like 400 years or so, God just... Oh, saying nothing. There's scarcity of prophetic word. The religious people got more religious. Because the less you hear of the quickened word of God, the more religious you have to get. And so they got very religious. And they're all waiting and looking and everything. And all of a sudden out of this quiet, the angel shows up. The baby John the Baptist comes, and we know the rest of the story. But my point there is, God said procreate. Now, God must want billions of us. I mean, look at China. They got a head start on everybody, right? Like, they got a lot of people. I mean, God must want billions of us. I don't know how many he wants of us, but he must want billions of us. Amazing. Now, let's get clear. Mary was a virgin. NIV is a nice tool to use, but she was not just a young maiden. She was a virgin. Uh, I have no trouble believing this stuff. You know why? Because I know in whom I have believed. So I don't have to sit with somebody and deconstruct my faith and, and say that these are hyperboles or illustrations. No, 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 no. Uh, Mary was a virgin. She'd never been with a man. But the seed that went into her was the DNA of God Almighty. Amen. So God does this. Are you with me? Let's go to number five. The fifth reason God created humankind was in order to birth the church. Huh? Now this is where it really gets sticky. Because right now it's pretty good. Because it can be just Jesus and me. Or God and me. But now it's God and me and other people. Uh, whatever you said, it made sense. Uh, God created humankind in his likeness. He showed him his love in nature. He tested him, but he knew that purification could only come. Eventually, he would send his son. 
But the fifth thing is he, he wanted to birth this thing called the church, the body of Christ on the earth. As joint heirs with Christ, co-laboring with him and carrying out a big eternal plan. Your biggest goal should not be the Cadillac Escalade or your retirement. Those are important things, whatever they are. But the bottom line is there's a huge picture that is eternal that has very little to do with just our 80 years here, although this is a learning time. 80 or 90 years, whatever. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 5, wherefore when he comes into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you would not, but a body you have prepared for me. Now the church is the called out assembly. And this is where it, it gets tricky because God said, God thought this through. How I many you know God just thinks it through? He thought it through because ultimately he wants us to be mature sons and daughters. And if you read the handout in the notes or you don't make it tomorrow night, you realize he wants us to be compatible with him forever. Not having his exact glory, but having a glory of our own. Not his deity, but a glory of our own. And so there's a process. And, and when you get to this process, after Jesus said it is finished, and by the way, it wouldn't hurt American churches to... Preach more about the cross. Because our only hope is the cross. We have to understand what really happened at the cross. What our justification was, what our sanctification is, and what our glorification will be. We have to really understand the cross. And any church that wants to take the preaching of the cross out for just some sermonettes and tips on better living is missing the mark and they become really kind of superfluous or useless. Because the reality is, if we don't preach the cross, we don't have a proper understanding of what Christ has really done for us. So on my reforming tour now, I want to talk more about the cross. Uh, I'm star I started it here. I'm star I started here because if it goes over good here, I can export it. If it bombs here, I'll start preaching about your best life ever. I mean, I don't know what I'll do. I don't know what I'll do. Did you get another shot? Okay, good. I'm, I'm giving you multiple opportunities. You see that. Uh, the church, the called out assembly. Now here's where it gets confusing. God's, Jesus says, I'll build my church. People go, huh? Well, the called out assembly. I mean, if you know... Uh, the New Testament people are Zion, God's assembled people in that sense, and the one new man, the covenant, all that. And, and we come into that, and, and there's the church. God built church. Now, if I were the Lord, God Almighty, I wouldn't have built the church. I'd have done this on the installment plan individually. I'd have just said, you stay at home. Don't you hurt anybody. Don't injure yourself. And I'll feed you as you need it. But no, God says, all right, I'm going to put everybody together and we'll call it the church that called out. And ever since the ascension, it's been a problem these 2,000 years. Because we got denominations. You've, you've got denominations. You've got uh, different theories. You've got people who felt John Calvin, Calvin had the whole answer and Augustine had this and everybody had this and they rallied around that and 
this was this and Luther and this and everybody. And the reality is we weren't supposed to get stuck with any of them or their traditions. Because the kingdom of God is at best evolutionary. Growing as Christ grows in us. So he, he, he says, here's the church. And every person that gets born again, you see a big bowl here? How many of you see a big bowl? Humor me. Humor me. I've, I've been through a lot. Thank you. And all the little marbles you'd put in it. Whoops, we don't lose our marbles. Hold on. And everybody that goes in there, every born-again spirit goes in there, period. It's only one church. But not everybody who's in the church understands God's agenda. Don't, don't assume that. But you put everybody, and we got the church. Now, what we've learned is marbles don't get along very well. And everybody's in that vehicle. And we actually became convinced that the vehicle is the kingdom of God, but it's not. The kingdom of God is in here. Remember personal sovereignty this morning? The kingdom of God's in us. The church is not the kingdom. It contains the kingdom. And Christ died, not for the Methodists, not for the Lutherans or the Catholics. Christ died for humanity that there would be this thing called the body for which in just a moment you'll see a bride would come out of. So the body. Now, I wasn't going to do this, but I don't know. What do you think? Larry, it's Gary, right? Uh, what is, when did you change your name? <laughs> Rob. Rob, Rob, I'm going to do it. But Rob, I want you to start waving at me when you see that I'm getting overwhelmed. You've got a pretty good read on me, right? We, we had dinner at that Italian place, Carabola or whatever it was, someplace I don't know where it was. We went there, you know, the place, the little thing with the thing. Uh, so yeah. So when you can see it's overwhelming to me, like I'm getting under like, I'm bordering on demonic oppression. You start waving your hands. This is terrible to do this. But if you, if you, beautiful picture right there. If you, if you go down here, because I don't even want to do it up there. Church life. Church life. Aunt Minnie didn't get to sing the Christmas song. She left the church. <laughs> Uncle Frank, who gave the school bus to pick up kids, got upset because church couldn't afford the $4,000 for the new transmission. He gave them a good bus. Uh, they were only picking up two children a week, and they'd spent already $4,800 on the bus. I'm done at that church. They didn't appreciate what I did for them. <sighs> How come I was not elected to the deacon board? People don't understand that the church is here to meet my needs. It's kind of sick. And I, I just don't understand. Like my little boy, all he did, he went to the cafe and took a cookie. So I, I can't be an usher now? 
uh, I don't understand. You're not preaching things the way I want. Oh, with the pandemic, you're too into the masks. I think it's all a plot, so I don't, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I don't think this should be this way. I don't think that, I think this should be this way. And I think this way. And I think women should do this. And I think, and I think, and I think, and I, yeah, it, you feel it? Thank you. Either he was under a lot of conviction or he saw how messed up I was getting. But I'll tell you, like, I, I, I mean, like that, that's why George Barna found out young people don't want to come to this thing. That's why he felt like, this is why George Barna, the guy who's always watching frogs boil and trying to figure out what's going on, he, he's, he's uh, 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 this. Because I tell you what, if this is all there is, I don't need it. I really don't. And I guess the pandemonium or the pandemic showed us that lots of folks didn't need it either. That's why they probably didn't come back to some of the bigger churches that were 3,000 or now 400. I don't know all that. But I know this. <laughs> out of this, out of this, <laughs> oh, that's too much. I just, I got to get healed again. You know what I'm saying? You can see, it's just so much. And you could fill in the blanks that would make you ill. It would make you ill. People who don't know anything more, they're about as spiritual as that rug. And because they didn't get their own way, they're starting a church in a storefront somewhere. Well, that always works out well. But this is the way God made it. This is the way God made it. He loves the church. So then, there has to be my sixth point. The sixth reason God created humankind is in order to provide a many-membered bride. Okay. Jesus became a mortal human so that he could shed his life blood on the cross to purchase, to purchase the bride. A body of redeemed humankind. This purpose has been fulfilled, but the Holy Spirit is still working to complete the bride. Ephesians 5 and 30. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. The church is being prepared as a bride for a bridegroom. Now the word bride, 2 Corinthians 11:2, a pure bride, indicates purity, a, a, a marriageable maiden who is, uh, Jesus like, is likened to a bridegroom. Now, this is, this is important as we see the day in which we're living. Because out of this church, now you got to work with people. You have to work with people because God loves every, every marble. <laughs> every marble that's in the bowl, God loves and, and Jesus died for. So we got that. that. We got that. But not everybody's paying attention. Because while people are nutsing around with all their personal sovereignty and, and, and their own preferences, prejudices, opinions... Uh, those who are learning how to divest themselves and let God deal with their personal sovereignty, those that are moving up higher, not arrogantly above, but just higher spiritually than all of this, um, they're hearing something different. They're hearing the, I mean, I talk to a lot of people. The people I'm hearing is that God's doing something and he's getting ready to do something on the earth. And whatever your eschatology is about when Jesus is coming back, it sure feels like it could be close. You know? I mean, 
I mean, just the just information technology alone took us to a whole nother level of end time kind of thinking. And so, again, everybody's got their own bent on that. And somebody said to me, you know, well, we won't go there. But there's a lot of people got a lot of opinions about everything. And, and, and I think it's good to have an opinion. When the Bible speaks, we speak. And when the Bible is silent, we're silent. And just wait. Uh, you, what do you mean the Bible's silent? Well, you know, there are some things that line upon line, principle upon precept, precept upon precept, principle upon principle, uh, equals an obvious answer. Like little boys become men, little girls become women. Uh, so you don't have to look at the whole counsel of God. But let me, let me get you with this last, we'll wrap it up. God created humankind in order to provide this bride. Oh. Uh, Let's talk about the word glory for a minute. Talk about the word glory. It's the Greek word we know, doxa, D-O-X-A. It means the excellence of character. Now get this, the excellence of character and the weight of presence that that character brings. It's a weight. Now there's a glory that only belongs to God and there's a glory that belongs to us. The glory that belongs to God, deity, is he has an exalted state. He is absolutely perfect inwardly. His personality is complete, whole, and majestic, kingly. A quality that belongs only to the supreme ruler and deity, the uncreated God. It belongs only to him, and, and it is a glorious condition that believers may enter into at Christ's return. There's a glory. The secret things belong to the Lord. Where did God come from? Well, you can have a nervous breakdown thinking about that. Apparently, that's not for me to know right now. How does the Trinity exactly work? I was preaching to someone now. I, I, I figured it out. I thought, wouldn't you know it? They happen to come today. The one who's figured out the, the Trinity. Well, if you figured out every nuance of the Trinity, it's welcome an angel among us. Because there are some things <laughs> that belong only to God. But now there is a glory that belongs to man, the sons of God. It's not deity, but it's a reflection of his nature, an opinion or judgment that has come from his truth, an inward quality of virtue, uh, reputed or thought well of, the right, correct qualities of character, and to think correctly. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, we're changed from glory to glory with an unveiled face. Romans 12 and 3, we're changed. Colossians 3, Pastor Christian referred to it tonight. We seek spiritual things, those things that are higher. The glory. Now, here's what I've found in the last few years. Uh, there's a lot I don't know about the glory that I thought I knew. Because I confused the anointing, 
the presence of the Holy Spirit, a quickening of the Holy Spirit. I confused that, that when my body reacted with goosebumps, I, I like goosebumps. I do. I enjoy them. I enjoy them. I welcome them. I, 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 love, I love that God wants our emotions involved. Well, I, excuse me, I'm a little more stoic. We, well, we know that's a problem, but God likes our emotions involved. He doesn't mind them because he made us very emotional people. But the glory ha- that God has for us is far more than an anointing, a feeling, falling down, an experience. Those are wonderful uh, signs that can point to something or signs that can be not read and ignored. And so what? You fell down five times in a meeting, but you're still a nasty person. It's nasty. So whatever. But glory. Now watch where I'm going with this. He creates in his image, shows us his nature and love, tests us. Purification can only be done through the perfect pattern son, Jesus. He did that. Then he says, now everybody who believes that, everybody who believes that, not everybody who prays a prayer, but everybody who believes that, believes that. Because lots of people, look at Olga Winfrey. Lots of people are friendly to Christianity. Lots of people have all kinds of opinions about it. But people who are really born from above, really born again, if you will, uh, born again, (laughs) they have received this seed. They're part of this body called the church. But the Lord created also that a bride would come out of that church. Now, I don't know... (laughs) who becomes sheep and goat nations and I don't I'm not here to judge salvation because if a man has faith that's between him and God Paul told the Romans I don't know about all that because when I set myself up in that Paul says we don't compare ourselves or we disqualify ourselves so I don't know about all that I do know that out of this body is going to come a bride a bride just like Rebecca was for Isaac there's going to be a bride and that bride is going to be a partaker of his glory I hope it's everybody even the mean people even the church splitters and nasty people and horrible people and uh, flag me down Uh, you know the nasty people the miserable people I got the nasty miserable people I want everybody, because why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we want everybody to be in heaven? But, but, but don't act like God's a lonely old man who is so inclusive, you know. Who would want a God who wasn't just? I wouldn't. I want a God who's just. That's why I, I kind of still believe in a hell. But I believe in it not because I'm so glad people are going there, (laughs) like some religious people. Um, I believe in it because God is just. You know, we can't cover all this one. But you know what I'm saying. Catch what I'm saying. Now, out of this bride, 
out of this bride is going to come people who, who will be for his glory. Now, in case you don't make it back tonight, it is important that I give you the, and you get the notes, but I want you to catch this because you see where I'm going with it. The seventh reason is to be a praise unto his glory. The eighth reason we'll cover tomorrow night is created us to fellowship forever as a comparable fellow being. And I'll talk about our response. Our response. Now, out of that glory. But I'm not changed by falling down or, or, or I'm not changed by an experience. And I, I like it. I'm fine with it. But I am changed. I hope you can feel the heart. Because you know when I said to the Lord. Because I was ill as many of you know. And I prepared myself to pass away. Uh, I did. You know I prepared myself. In the sense that uh, I let go. Uh, because in those four days there where I wasn't getting better. Uh, I prepared myself. I found out a lot of things about myself, how I felt about the process, if I was really going to close my eyes and it would really be the light and Jesus. I believe that, but you know, when you're fighting for your life and you're in fear and you can't breathe right, you're, you're fighting. So it caused me to rethink everything. And I just decided, why would I want to give the rest of my life and my energy to go out and give sermons to people to try and help them. I'd rather give the rest of my life to preaching truth as I see it. And as the Lord, only, only as the Lord reveals it to me and I see it. Not as I see it. Because when I was laying, I, I thought, well, what? you know, I thought, and I don't have a lot of memory of it all, but I do remember thinking of all the services I've been in, thousands of services and people I've prayed for and and, uh, and all of that. And I realized, realized wait a minute. If I, if I come back, you know, then I learned how to, you know, get my hand. My, this, these fingers are still a little numb, but these two were kind of like paralyzed. And, and I walked again and did all that. And Lord knows, gained some of the weight back. But... I think the day in which we live doesn't call for a lot of nonsense. I I think it calls for sincere, loving, genuine, loving. This is the truth. And what's happened to me is I really don't care about everybody's doctrine and this and everybody. I've just stopped listening to everybody for a while. You can only listen to so many people, every prophet and this and because people are, you know, there are people who, you know, with the whole Trump thing and President Trump and President Biden, you still call them president. Just honor them both. Just don't be foolish. Uh, just be respectable. Because honor's lost in the culture, and we wonder why. You know, oh, yeah, people don't honor. Yeah, that stupid Biden, idiot Trump is arrogant. Well, no wonder your children don't show much honor to anybody or the Prime Minister Trudeau. Why not? Just stop the nonsense. We're children. We're little independent rebels with a self-sovereignty claiming that we know God. But maybe we just need to be born again. (laughs) Because we got enough religion to hold us over to nothingness. And, And I just thought, you know what? 
I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, so we'll pick up tomorrow night on, on the glory. I was preaching in North Carolina, Christian. I was preaching in North Carolina, Pastor Christian. And uh, it, it was a kind of a, uh, it was a lot of expectation on me. I was very young and it was a fairly good sized church. And it was a lot of expectation on me. So Monday night was bring an unsaved friend and they'll get saved. So that's a lot of pressure. Tuesday night was baptism in the Holy Spirit night, which is like my worst thing. You know, praying for people with that. I'm like, do you have it yet? And Wednesday night was the divine healing service. And they had a banner for every night. Monday night was salvation night and all that. Uh, this is way back when I started in the ministry right after the First World War. And we, we had this, and we had a choir of about 50 people that night, and I had gone over some music with them on the Wednesday night. Some people got saved on Monday night despite me. Tuesday night, some were filled with the Holy Spirit despite me. But Wednesday night, the divine healing the, and this pastor, you know, was very firm on that. And how uh, I many of you know that there's a lot of seeds in our life that we don't realize till later? But we should stay alert in the spirit. Be alert. Be like men. Be strong in the Lord. Be alert. Well, I was almost all done praying for people. And really not much had happened. One lady thought her leg was better, but I thought it looked worse. <laughs> So uh, she was moving about. But I went over and there was what we used to call back in those days. That's uh, probably not the right politically correct word. But, but I'm tired of being. People just sometimes don't know what they're talking about. They used to call them like a waterhead baby. Yeah, you two look like you're, you're no help with it. Pastor's no help. Uh, <laughs> I figure school teachers know everything. Encephalite. When the brain is swelling. Does anybody have ever read Reader's Digest? Man, you know what I'm saying? Like the waterhead baby. Like their head was encephalite. Yeah, it was really bad. And it was noticeable. And I noticed the look in the mother's face. She had that look if, if God doesn't heal my baby, I'm not going to serve him. And also if you pray for him, and God doesn't heal my baby. I'm not going to like you. There was turmoil. But I understand that. Your child is not right. you know. And the father's standing there. And they've got this baby. Pastor said to me. Why don't you know. They need prayer. So I went over. And the child's head was. Deformed. Uh, the mother's holding him. And. Uh, she said, what, the father said what was wrong. She didn't say anything. And so I was kind of stuck. So I turned to the little choir that was there. And I said, do you know this old song, My God Can Do Anything, Anything? How many of you remember that? Yeah. My God Can Do Anything. It was, you know, used primarily in the William Branham meetings and others. My God Can Do Anything, Anything. He made the earth in all its fullness and all the time suffering. 
my God can do anything. So I had them sing it probably 20 times. I, I put my hand on the baby's head. And what I was aware of was two things. One is proper and the other is, is manipulated by the en enemy. I couldn't heal the baby. I knew that. But that was being manipulated by the fact that the enemy was saying to me, God probably won't heal the baby. Because in the modern Pentecostal world, people pray for miracles but don't expect them. That's why we don't see as many. So I prayed. I looked in the mother's eyes and something broke inside of her because I was communicating my spirit to her that I want this as much as you do. Not so that people were healed in my meetings, but I want this because you're broken hearted. I prayed. I got done. Nothing had, nothing had changed. Um, she thanked me for praying. They thanked me for praying. I wanted to say something real religious, like just trust, you know, don't give up on God. But I didn't say anything, and I left. I went back to the motel up till three in the morning trying to figure it all out, you know. And God was dealing with something in me. And all of a sudden, I, I, I thought to myself, you know, it's really the presence of the Lord. Like some people are feeling that right now. Some of you are feeling the presence of the Lord. How many of you understand what I'm saying even right now? Some of you are feeling like, like you're feeling the presence of the Lord, the lady there with the thing. And you feel something's happening right now. You see, we're aware of the presence of the Lord. And uh, I got back. I, was, I traveled to another two cities. Got back to my office in Orlando about two weeks later. And I saw a note from that pastor. I thought he was going to call me back for all those meetings. Uh, but, but I called. He said, I wanted you to be one of the first to know. We haven't even told our, the church yet. But this morning, whatever their names were, woke up and the baby's head was normal. Completely normal. And they took, taking the baby to the hospital. I said, Lord, now I, I was 25. 26. I said, Lord, why couldn't I have seen that? He said to me, he said, if you'd have seen that, you'd have put way too much glory on yourself. You don't need to see anything. You just need to obey and move out and do. Hallelujah. 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 Now, do you, ha, oh, how, something has really come over you. Hmm. Well, you can receive it too. Just lift your hands right where you are. Close your eyes. Just receive too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But something specific's happening to you, isn't it? There's something going on inside of you. And it's even quickening your body. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, so I, I, the pastor said, you know, and in those days we didn't have phone, you know, all that stuff. But I did get a picture of the baby one time. 
And they sent the picture and he was perfectly whole and normal, healed. Hallelujah. There's a glory that belongs only to the Lord. And then there's a, there's a glory that's only ours. Let's just lift our hands for a moment. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. If you need to slip out, I understand. But let's just make an attitude of worship for just a few moments before we close tonight. Hallelujah. Maybe could you bring the lights down just a tad, not like dark and we can't find ourselves, but there you go. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Give hope, you restore. Thank you. Every heart that is broken and great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour.
praise you, Lord. You know, I've been, been preparing for these meetings and meetings I've been doing. I said to the Lord, well, you know, what profound thing should happen as we begin to talk about these kinds of things. And, and when I woke up from my nap this afternoon, I, I sort of thought, you know, like, what does the end of the meeting look like? And you know, you do that when you're in charge of something God's going to do, you're stewarding it. You want to be alert. And um, the Lord said, I want you to pray for people because more, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, more people than you realize are in a malaise, are in a, a deluge, a weight of this world. And I thought, well, you know, it's not very profound. <laughs> but you don't like to say that to the Lord. I thought, well, but then it kept getting stronger while I was preaching. You know, God didn't give me COVID. I, I don't believe that. But I shared this morning how he prepared me for things that were going to change. But I didn't know it had come through my illness because I'd never really been ill in my life before. I sure have a lot of empathy with people. I sure don't want to make fun of people wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or vaccinated or not vaccinated. I don't want to do all that. I, it, who cares? I'm not anybody's judge on anything. And uh, I really don't care what you read on Google and why, why this isn't good for me and this, this could do this and the cloth. Everybody knows everything and really collectively everybody knows everything but nobody really knows anything we want to but we just trust God is what we got to do and whatever knowledge we have right but there's a weight from the world that is that is just on people how many of you understand what I'm saying it's there's a weight that we're all carrying something of the global condition of the national condition of the international condition and whether you're not patriotic or not you know America has been the freest democracy well, we're not really a democracy but uh, a constitutional republic we, we we've represented freedom and whether you believe in that or whatever the point is the world is inspire is going on now and and people are carrying a weight and I think the Lord wants to lift that off of us so that he can fill us with hope with expectation, with an understanding, amen? I don't think the Lord wants us so weighted uh, down. And so I'm gonna ask Christian to, to play again. And it's real, it's real. And let's, let's, let's move away from judging tonight, whatever. It's real. My biggest challenge after recovering from COVID pneumonia, well, I wasn't thrilled with losing my hair. That wasn't exactly my favorite thing but one of the big the biggest things uh but isn't the hair piece nice um uh, no it grew back but and it's not natural black 503 anymore the biggest challenge i had after covid covid pneumonia was anxiety a sense of going from the now we all want to talk like we're all brave but yeah a sense of can I get from the car to the Walmart to home and will I be okay what if at work everybody doesn't wash their hands because there's a lot of slobs out there no there's just slobs 
you know, they use the restroom, public restroom, and they walk out, and you think, like, you, you look like you're an executive, and you didn't wash your hand, and you, you're walking out picking your nose. Like, like what is wrong? No wonder people have flus and viruses, and, and now they'll be hitting us in another three months with the whole monkey virus thing. That'll be hitting us next. It, it will be. And that's going to be the new thing that we'll have to navigate. And there's going to be more things to navigate. And I can understand why people can live a quiet life of desperation and inner fear, even though they know the Lord. How many of you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to invite you, and I want to pray for you tonight and, you know, lay hands on you if you desire that. We ask that we keep an atmosphere of worship in here and, and uh, pray for people. But I, I just feel like God's going to lift something off of you as he's been lifting it off of me. He's been lifting it off of me. Now, if your pride says, I get it, there's been economic cycles and everything else. Well, that's your personal sovereignty and you have a right to that and that will sustain you to a certain level, that's fine. But for those of us who just are saying like, help, I need, a, I need freedom, I just need to relax because you know, Uncle Joe was vaccinated, fully vaccinated, super vaccinated, and he died from lung failure. And, and then Aunt Martha never had anything, and she's doing well, but she fell and broke her hip and died from that. And this happened, and everybody's doing it. And I said, and it just weighs on you. It weighs on you. So let's stand together tonight, if you can. And let's just, Father, tonight, in these closing moments, as I lay hands on, will you just visit your people tonight? And you said if I would pray for them that you would lift something off of them tangibly. And so, Lord, I thank you. But if you'd like prayer tonight, just come on up to the front. Pastor Dan will guide you. Now, if you're, if you're nervous about virus things, I'm happy to put on a mask to pray for you. I'm not going to get on top of you. We're going to be respectful, but we're also want to pray for people. So let's, uh, let's just come up and Christian, let's take us somewhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all lift our hands, worship him tonight. I'm going to pray a prayer for all of us, wherever you're standing, but, but mm, yes, Lord. like prayer tonight for you understanding what I'm saying the weight you just you're just hungry for more God is touching you and you like prayer just come tonight hallelujah thank you Lord yes let's worship him tonight
She said, while I was preaching, her arm was healed. Hallelujah. That's what was happening to you over there. Hallelujah. Well, what couldn't you do? You couldn't lift it. What was it from? You don't know. But at the funeral, Larry's funeral, whatever it was. And now, it's better. No? That's what was happening to you over there? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord.
Let's all lift our hands tonight. Father, I pray over all your people tonight in this room. And you said if, that we are not supposed to carry this weight of all of this. So Christian, we're going to get something really ready to praise and go berserk with. And uh, we need to celebrate tonight that Jesus Christ is alive. And we need to celebrate tonight and the malaise of everything that's going on around us, I believe tonight is going to lift. Because I believe commensurate with the words the Lord has been giving me in this hour is an anointing for these things. Because we shouldn't be this worn down. We need to get stronger. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. and This is going on. And dare we mention the gas prices. But... You know, you know, it's it's just like this, uh, you know. As Catherine Coleman, you say, it's just like that. You know, it's just this the way it is. But we're going to, I'm going to pray tonight and then we're going to celebrate before we go. And tomorrow night, who knows what we'll do. Who knows what we'll do. So, Father, I rebuke the oppression, I rebuke the weight, I rebuke the fear, I rebuke the anxiety, I rebuke the uncertainty, I rebuke the worry, I rebuke the, the, the sense of trauma, I rebuke the sense of loss, I rebuke the grief that has uh, carried on too long. Uh, I rebuke the weight of this thing. I rebuke the fear of, uh, uh, of, of everything that's going on. And Lord, we, in the name of Jesus, I say to the enemy, what you're doing to God's people is going to be reversed because it's going to draw many closer to Jesus than they've ever been in their life. So your plan will not work among the people of God who are hearing his voice. Will not work. Release these people. In the name of Jesus tonight, it will not work. It will not work because we're going to go further. And you're, this nonsense is just the catalyst to drive us closer to our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll watch the giants fall, for fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthrough. Praise it, go ahead, praise it. Forever lift you high. With all creation cry, God, we praise you. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall, for fear cannot survive when we praise you. Good. You. She's good. We praise you. We praise you. 
blessed tonight? Who's blessed tonight? Amen. Were you touched? God is a good God. Amen. What a night. I don't know about you, but I was writing notes and the message, the teaching of how we're to draw closer to the Lord and all the nonsense and all the craziness. Put it aside. Such a blessing to have pastor with us. We have one more session coming up tomorrow evening. I want to encourage you to invite a friend to be a part of what God wants to do tomorrow that you can go forth and really, 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 really let people know about Jesus. And so uh, I want to take a moment because I think it's important that we honor the man of God, that we honor him tonight. I was raised in a church I went to Bible college where seed faith was taught and preached by Dr. Oral Roberts. <laughs> and I think it's important that when a, when a man of God comes to the house and he pours everything out, not asking for a thing, he's not asked for a thing, that we, that we bless him and that we sow seed into his ministry as he continues to go from state to state, nation to nation, preaching and proclaiming an uncompromised message that's life-changing, not because he's changing our lives, because Jesus is working through him, like Jesus will work through you. Just got to open the mouth. Jesus will move through you. Amen? And so we're going to receive our offering tonight. Tonight's offering is for Pastor Dennis. If you're going to write a check, you can write it to write to Cell Towns, and at the end of the, the weekend of series, we'll, uh, messages will... We'll get it all together for him and, and bless him with it. I want to I wanna bless him. I want to bless him. I want to bless him. And so ask the Lord what you're to give. I will not tell you what you seed you should sow. That's between you and the Lord. Maybe the Lord's going to stretch you. Maybe the Lord's going to ha have you plant a seed, that you, a size that you've never planted before. Ask God, what is it? God, what do you want me to give? What do you want me to do? Uh, make the, the, the checks out the cell towns. There's also an online 
process you can do, just earmark it, Pastor Dennis. And so let's, let's, just, let's just take a moment and we're going to begin to pray for our offering. Father, I thank you that you blessed us this weekend with Pastor Dennis and the message that you have given him. Lord, even on his, by his own words, he felt like he was at the end of the line. And God, you supernaturally restored that body. And you have spoken to him and you have given him a message to proclaim about you, about knowing you, about drawing closer to you. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that he is a blessing to this ministry, to everyone who was here today, this morning, watched online, and will be here tomorrow, and then rehear it as they go back and listen. But God, we want to bless him this day. So Father, as we pour our seed into his ministry, into what you've called him to do, God, I pray that it multiplies, that God, that it, that it, that is a true blessing into him. And so Father, thank you for this opportunity to do such a thing. God, thank you for being the provider in our lives. And thank you for this opportunity to place seed in healthy, fertile soil, that lives are being changed because of the gospel and the message that you use him to share. So we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. And thank you for being with us tonight. I'm so excited. Tomorrow is at 7 o'clock. I know tonight was at 6.30. Everyone goes back to work tomorrow. And so we wanted to give you time to go home, have a little dinner with the family, and then come right back out tomorrow at 7 uh, for another night of messages. And I hope you can be here. And so God bless you. Uh, Have a great night. Uh, Feel free to stay and talk for a little bit. But I hope to see you all tomorrow. God bless.